The midterm elections are just 20 days away and Cards Against Humanity hacks the election. Robin interviews musician and activist Rory Kelly and Wendy talks about the new Doctor Who. All this and more on The Leftscape. Wendy Sheridan, and you are listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And hi, I'm Robin Renee. We have been talking about October being the monthiest month, and our, um, <laughs> our, our last episode we posted uh, on, on our page, on our website, the many, many things that October is uh, designated to celebrate. And we actually forgot one. So out of all those, um, there is one more that I want to mention, and it is Dwarfism Awareness Month. And I actually found out about this because a friend of mine um, post, has been posting on Facebook every day something that he wants to uh, let people know. He is a little person himself, and he is giving people information. So uh, today's uh, today's fact is that dwarfism is generally a genetic mutation, and most little people um, are born with an, with average height parents. So, if a dwarf has a child, there's a 50% chance of the child uh, that the child will be born with dwarfism, and as such, there are short-statured parents who give birth to average height children. So that is something wow. I didn't know, and it's actually really cool and helpful to see all the things that he's posting. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think I may have known that, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think I knew that too. Yeah. From watching the Little People show or something. Cool. But uh, October is also um, Inktober. And what that is, is uh, someone at some point a few years ago said, hey, uh, let's do a drawing in ink every day and post it on social media. It's a chal- It's a drawing challenge, uh, like the Nano Remo writing challenges in November. Yep, and, and I did the um, Napo Remo Napo Remo in uh, April for poetry. Oh, cool. Yep. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot of these monthly challenges, and and I'm actually uh, attempting to do Inktober uh, this month, and I'm already a few days behind. I'm catching up today. <laughs> And uh, I'm posting this stuff on on uh, social media, and like I'm finally posting on Instagram after a very long hiatus. Uh, my Instagram is what is it? Wendy cards. At Wendy cards. <laughs> yes, thank you. I don't even know what it is. And, and um, I would encourage you to put some things on at Leftscape as well on Instagram because yeah, that would also re- make me remember what our login is there. <laughs> um, but I will. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah. So Mary, what uh, weeks are and days is it today? Still thinking about week? Inktober and how it's such a major commitment because you really commit yourself when you do things in ink, right? Oh God, yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is. It's a uh, there's there's no there's no uh, undo key when you're <laughs> working on ink with with paper instead um, of a digital pad thing. Yeah, I I love my undo button. <laughs> which doesn't happen on real media, sadly. 
I, th I think that will develop your technique well. So. Uh, oh, it's Earth Science Week and Veterinary Technicians Week. Uh, we want to thank all the technicians who take care of our pets and our loved ones. Yes. And it's also Alternative Fuel Day. So I, what do you think is included in Alternative Fuel Day? Like, like solar? Oh, probably, but they, it could also be oh, ethanol and... and uh, or, or when people use uh, fat to... <laughs> yeah, cooking oil cars. Cooking oil cars. <laughs> <laughs> National Pasta Day. National Mulligan Day. Now, I want to ask what... <coughs> excuse me, what that means. It, I think I mean, it's... the mulligan a, in golf? When you, it's a do-over. It's National Do-Over Day. Oh, <laughs> pretty cool then we could we could do things over i want to do the 2016 election over yeah really <laughs> That's what I, I want to do over the day that i fell down the cellar step oh yeah yeah that's definitely <laughs> yeah uh national edge day that's an official holiday founded by people who live straight edge lifestyles and i'm just wondering what a straight edge lifestyle is uh no drinking no smoking um, I have no idea what else they do. Yeah, it's like a, it's that like isn't a me. punk rock uh, <laughs> subculture where they don't they're not they're not partiers, you know. They take it serious and they love the music, but they don't do the drugs and stuff. Oh, okay, well, that's cool. Um, more power to them. Uh, International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. That seems very important. Hagfish Day. <laughs> Because we love those poor hagfish that uh, they're kind of ugly, so somebody's got to love them. Um, <laughs> National Fossil Day, Black Poetry Day. Nice. Oh, I'm going to read some black poetry today. Get mm -hmm. out of my, uh, uh, Maya Angelou. Um, let's see. Uh, support your local Chamber of Commerce Day. Uh, you going to do that, Wendy? Um, maybe. I may, I may re-up my membership. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to a meeting in a long time. Medical Assistance Recognition Day. That's good. That's good. And October 18th is World Vasectomy Day. Okay. Oh. Awesome. Nice. Okay. It's a recommended thing. Uh, October 21st is Reptile Awareness Day, and October 22nd is Wendy's 25th wedding anniversary. So uh, happy, happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. And if you want to get her a president, elect a Democratic senator or congressperson. Yes, thank you. That would be my best anniversary gift ever, is if we flip, <laughs> if we flip Congress. That's what I want for my anniversary. And I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, in honor of Black Poetry Day, I'm going to, um, you know, I am not an expert by any means. There's many, many poets, but I want to put a list of, of people that you might want to read. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good idea. My poem cool. is awesome, but there are many, many others. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was just reading Maya Angelou recently, and that's why I, she popped into my mind. Cool. Awesome. So... On this day, um, which is October 17th, is the anniversary, in 1814 is the, when the London beer flood happened. Um, so I guess this should 
uh, interest our newest Supreme Court person. <laughs> um, so what happened was that vats of beer at the Mew and Company Brewery burst, flooding the city streets of London with 60, 610,000 liters of beer. The almost 15-foot-tall wave of Porter killed eight people, some of whom were gathered for a funeral. So That's not while, funny, but wow. No, it isn't, but it is. It's, it's also, it could be funny because it's like 200 years ago. So, you know, over time, things get funny. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's the way to go. Yeah. I just can't imagine some, this wave of beer. Some people being happy that that's the way they're going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in 1956, <laughs> in 1956, Bobby Fischer wins the game of the century. Um, this was a chess match between Mr. Fisher, who was at that point 13 years old, against uh, chess master Donald Byrne. And that tech place in New York City and I didn't realize that Fisher started like becoming a you know master chess guy at, at 13 that kind of you blows my mind see the, the movie there was a movie about it I did but who remembers <laughs> details <laughs> it's a movie I don't know um, in 1973 is when OPEC uh, declared the oil embargo um, against all of the countries that supported Israel during the Yom Kippur War, which was fought between Israel and a coalition of Arab states. The oil embargo led to a massive oil shortage that had long-lasting economic effects in the United States and Europe. Uh, the embargo was eventually lifted in March 1974. And this, this thing, um, I remember very, very vividly the uh the oil short the gas shortage that happened that summer because of this um and uh i was 16 at that point i could drive finally because in virginia you get your license at 16. so what we all did is everybody's parents um there was rationing so um if you're and it was based in virginia at least on license plates and it may have been a federal thing as well so if your license plate ended in an odd number, you would go on certain days. And if it ended on an even number, you would go on other days. So on our day to go get gas, my parents would send me to the gas station where there would be a line that was like half a mile long of just people waiting to get gas. And everybody else's parents did this too. So we'd pull up to the line and we'd turn the cars off and it would all be everybody from high school and we'd all like get out of our cars and kind of just hang out and talk until we could go get gas and then go home. Oh, and it was like a party. That's how I, yeah, it was like a party. And I, we spent, it, you would be, it would take like hours to go get, like two hours to go get your gas tank filled. filled. So um, I hope that never happens again. <clears throat> it was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was cool for like a teenager with nothing much to do. But if it was, you know, if it was, if you had to take two hours out of your day as an adult, it would be very annoying, I guess. Um, and in 1989, um, that's the anniversary, today is the anniversary of the Lorna Prieta earthquake um, that shook Santa Cruz County, um, which was the most affected by the 6.9 magnitude earthquake. 60 people died as a result of falling building and landslides, and it was the first major quake on the San Andreas Fault since the 1906 San Francisco earthquake. Mm -hmm. 
So that's, uh, I remember that too. Uh, I wasn't there, but I remember watching uh, the news about it and it was very scary. Mm. 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 Hey, whose birthdays are today? Michael McKean from Spinal Tap. Michael McKean is also in um, Better Call Saul. Do you have any? Yeah, he's in a lot of things. Yeah, he's really good in that. that. Um, George Wendt, who was in Cheers. Ziggy Marley. Uh, Gary Puckett. Irene Ryan. There's, oh, Irene Ryan from the Beverly Hills. There's also a prize called the Irene Ryan Prize that's very famous in uh, in theater circles. It's interesting that I, I think of the Irene Ryan Prize before I think of Beverly Hills. Hillbillies. Um, Rita Hayworth, May Jemison, the astronaut, and Arthur Miller, the playwright, Eminem, and Evil Knievel. <laughs> That's a Happy collection birthday, of people. Everybody. Happy birthday to all those people. Yes. Happy birthday. News of the week. <laughs> so I have been um, aware of the national and international news this week, but I feel like everybody's talking about that stuff. And I had a bit of a happening uh, a few days ago, which was actually really lovely. So I wanted to talk about that instead, like a little bit of personal fun news. Um, I was just taking a walk in the evening and I wound up going to this park that I haven't been to in probably about a year or so. And I went by this little bridge and I, I see a little, um, like a little silk bag. And in the bag, there's a note and it says, um, spread love, spread the love, feel the peace, enjoy. And he turned over and there's a little, um, like a bracelet that someone made out of string or hemp maybe. It's not, I don't think it's hemp. I think it's just string. And it's a really nice thing. And it just said, enjoy. And it had, the uh, hashtag at, at spread love feel peace and I was like that's really cool you know and it really made my day in a way that um, I didn't expect it was just this unexpected little thing so I went and looked them up and I first thought it was a Twitter account which it wasn't and I said oh maybe it's Instagram and, and sure enough I found them there and it was just uh, someone who decided to say sp- spreading love like one bracelet at a time and Oh, that's really just leaving things all around. I don't know if, if it's beyond the, the New Jersey or where where they're doing this, but it was very cool and it kind of inspired me. Like I feel like I want to make little things something similar and and kind of keep it going. And it seems like such a hippy dippy thing to do or think about, but <laughs> I I don't know. It did something to my mind that I was really much needed to kind of say, oh, there are people that just want the simplicity of making other people happy and and vice versa and i that was a cool thing yeah i mean it it changed your attitude for the day that that's so it was it's effective yeah it really it really was and it kind of it just seemed like if other if everyone if whoever felt moved just made little gifts of whatever they wanted to do like i might do little um alter items like a tea light and a shell or something you know and that can be fun for people you know yeah and you know what this is a good week for that yes yeah because i've been going around for a week feeling really rotten so that sounds very nice yeah i liked it uh my little bit of news is um i and i guess i'm just putting in a plug for them which they may not need 
but it's for Cards Against Humanity Hacks the Election. Um, and it's a website, Cards Against Humanity Hacks the Election.com. Uh, <laughs> and um, the guys from Cards Against Humanity, that uh, card game that you you may or may not play, that's usually it's fun and, and I enjoy it. I, I think it's a really hilarious game. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have to get together and play it again. Yeah, they um, they have a thing. They they've decided uh, that they're going to get involved in this election. Uh, they fi- they figured out uh, six swing districts that they want to um, help flip, and so far they've raised over a hundred thousand um, dollars. And and they have a hilarious fake election ad by someone running for Congress named Frank Toilet, uh, oh. which you really, really have to watch. It's hilarious. <laughs> and that's on their main um, website? Yeah, it's on the Cards Against Humanity Hacks the Election.com okay. website. Um, they found six congressional rec- districts that are, uh, <laughs> I'll read from their, their website. We found six districts that are like a man engaging in autoerotic asphyxiation on the verge of turning from red to blue. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> also, all six Republican incumbents suck major ass. So, so uh, the California twenty fifth, which is uh, run, it's got a nonprofit director versus Trump loving gun nut. Um, <laughs> just love how they do this. This Katie Hill versus Steve Knight, um, and and. Um, and the Iowa First, which has a trailblazer versus a guy who hates poor people. Um, and the Illinois Sixth, which is pitting an environmental scientist versus a climate change denier. And the Illinois Fourteenth, which is a nurse and teacher versus abstinence-only homeschooler. Mm-hmm. And the Kansas Fourth, civil rights attorney versus Trump wall supporter. And the Texas 26th, which is a pro-choice mother versus gyno thinks fetuses jack off. <laughs> so, um, um, okay. Okay. So, one second. <laughs> so, they're, they're raising money. They're raising money. And they're also, they're also, if you have, if you are in these districts or if you have a friend in those districts and you refer that person who lives in that district to them, um, they will send. They will send both you and your friend get a free midterm pack of Cards Against Humanity cards. Oh. Uh, they raise the money by. If you don't know anybody in the districts, or if you don't have any friends, you can still buy the all new midterm pack with eighteen cards about the surreal fever dream that is American politics in twenty eighteen. Um, all profits will be donated to Run for Something. And those you can get for five bucks. Um, and I ended up buying a pack. And then one of my friends said, oh, I live in in, uh, in the Iowa district. So um, and he was totally up for us, you know, uh, for me sharing his uh, contact information. So um, so if you have friends that live in these districts, uh, get them on board. They can get some free cards. Uh, or you can just go give them money and you'll get some Cards Against Humanity cards and they'll give money to uh, 
to help switch these districts. And also just reading this stuff is good for a laugh. Yes, uh, Curses um, Against Humanity, I find it so hilarious and and the, the kind of bizarre, sick humor of it, of, is, of the game itself is, it's kind of refreshing in a lot of ways. And it's also, um, they just find interesting ways to do a lot of good. Like I'm always surprised at what they come up with. So this is yeah. yeah. I did I did I did their one of their holiday ones where I it was the Hanukkah one I think that that I got a whole bunch of socks uh, they would mail you a present every day for all eight days of Hanukkah and many I think half of them were socks um, that's a Jewish thing it's a joke because um, and then I did one where I I was king of something for 15 minutes and I could make an edict <laughs> What? Um, and I owned I, 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 I couldn't find the piece of paper when it was my time to be king, so I never got to make oh. a edict. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was upset about that. But um, and then they also bought some land on the border to perf- to hold up the border wall, and I own like a very very small piece of that. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're doing all kinds of things with their with the uh, the the large piles of cash that that their uh, fans give them for buying cards, so I I'm very uh, happy to support the various things Sounds they do. Sounds like a good thing. Yes. Hi, I'm Robin Renee and. We really love what we do here on the Leftscape, and we would love it if you're into our news and content and all the things we tell you about what to celebrate every month and week and day, <laughs> and as well as you know um, all of the stuff that we talk about here. We would love it if you would send give us a review. If you dig us, um, you can review us on iTunes, especially that really helps people find out about us. Uh, you can review us on Facebook as well. And please share our links and just let people know what we're doing and send us your ideas as well. We love to hear from people. So please do that for us if you can. And thank you for supporting Leftscape and for supporting the Shape of Progressive Conversation. Coming right up, we have an interview with the wonderful Rory Kelly. She is a great singer-songwriter, very outspoken activist, and um, just is really excited about, I'm really excited about sharing her work and her enthusiasm with you. So coming right up, Rory Kelly. Why are you telling me lies? Why would you lie, lie, lie? I won't get any sleep tonight on my dreams will be filled with lies i can't take the disrespect anymore i'm intelligent i can look up facts i can't believe they put a man like you in charge of anything it's terrifying so we are here on the leftscape with rory kelly and she is a great 
a musician and uh, activist in a lot of ways, and she is on a quest to bring her songs to ears around the world through the cunning use of the internet and a Subaru. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome, Rory. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's awesome to talk to you. So, I, I would just like to catch up a little bit. Like, I know you were gigging live a lot. Like, tell me, what are you up to these days? Um. Well, I am. I'm gigging nonstop. Um, I just went uh, full-time with music this year. So um, that means I'm doing like plenty of original gigs, but also plenty of gigs where I like sing, you know, Angel from Montgomery <laughs> to people, you know, and nice. stuff like that. Um, but it pays my mortgage, which is really cool. Um, I like paying my mortgage. It beats the alternative. And, yeah, um, absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm doing that. That's been like my big thing is like, you know, that big career transition of going full time. And now that I have more time, I'm working on a new album. It's going to be called Shadow Work. Mm, that's beautiful. That's cool. And do you have an idea when that is coming out or is it kind of in the process? I, I know that if I commit to a date, it will not come out at that time. <laughs> okay. um, I'm hoping for, um, I'm shooting for like early 2019. That's my goal. Um, but I have made such goals before, and they have been lies, so I don't want to commit too much. <laughs> okay, we won't, jinx, we won't jinx you on the show. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> so that is actually really big news, and I, I'm going to switch my questions around a little bit because I did want to talk about how entrepreneurial you are. I see you um, doing lots of promo all the time and letting people know that you're doing studio vocals and you know, who do a lot of communications. And I'm just curious about the, what sparks that, what keeps you going with that whole machine of, of keeping it moving. Oh, well, I mean, just necessity, you know, partly, um, you know, partly just the obvious of, you know, I need to make a living and all that, but partly too, like it's, I just feel like music is my life's work and I'm a little bit of a workaholic that's like a good and a bad thing, um, mm -hmm. but it's just I don't feel right, you know, when I'm not trying to put my music out there and when I'm not trying to get out there and make art. That's, you know, it's, it's the only thing I know how to do, and I think I, you know, I, I do it well, but it's very meaningful to me. So I, I kind of can't not. <laughs> right. but, uh, but also automation. Automation is my best friend. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm not like sitting glued to a computer 24/7. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't suspect as much, but that's still, that's cool that you kind of have it going and you find the the business tools to make the music part work. You know, which is very yeah. Cool. Um, I in after 2016, uh, well, after after the the big event in November of 2016, which affected everybody, um, yes. the election. I did a, an online project called Blog March, and it was a way of mm -hmm. insisting that diverse voices get heard and remain heard. And you wrote a great article that was published in Medium, I believe, and it was called Why, I'm, why I Am Starting, Wait, Why I Am Starting Uncomfortable Conversations with My Audiences in 2017. And I wondered if you'd talk a little bit about that, and are you still committed to challenging your audiences in in speech as well as in your lyrics? Yes, I am. Um, actually, it's funny. I was thinking about it today because I was playing um, a festival gig. I was, um, you know, it was kind of a gig that I was like, oh, this is kind of like a cool special gig. And I was on stage and I'm playing my songs, and my songs are political already. Like I can't get away from it. 
And I was like, am I going to talk about this? What if this turns some people off? And I'm like, I'm going to talk about it. And, um, but it was, it's, it's still uncomfortable. You know, like two years after I wrote that, it never gets comfortable. But I think it's important. And, and I, I said so today on stage. I was like, you know, I, I sometimes ask myself, is it okay to, to bring up political stuff and stuff like that? A lot of artists try to kind of like hit a, a middle line and not offend anyone. And I just feel like it's important in this day and age to say this stuff and raise our voices. And also that it, it connects me with the people who get it and are on a wavelength. And I think more than ever, we all need to connect right now. You know, those of us who, whatever you want to call it, you know, people who are resisting, people who are social justice warriors, just people who believe in, you know, positive change. We need to connect and we need to have each other's backs, I think, more than ever. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying. And And the way to do that is by making people uncomfortable. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Do you feel that happens at gigs? Like, do people come up to you and, and say something you talked about resonated with them? Or, you know, how does that work? Sometimes, you know, and sometimes I get zero feedback because, you know, like I said, I do, I do some gigs where I have a real listening audience, but I do plenty of gigs where I'm like playing at a bar, you mm-hmm. know. So I say stuff and I'm, I never know what's going to seek through to people and I just hope that I'm helping them start conversations. You know, I, I hope that um, the words I'm saying are going to spark maybe a conversation around the dinner table tonight or something like that, you know. Because right. I think that's what we need to do. You know, we need to get people talking. Um, but sometimes, you know, I make great friends that way. You know, sometimes I meet people I wouldn't have met or, or just people, you know, that I would have met anyway become a closer connection and a closer friendship because, like, we're not afraid to show our true colors. We're not afraid to, you know, be a little weird or be a little feminist or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have a song called Alternative Facts. I know that's on your – is that on your most recent album? Um, no, it is going to be on my upcoming album, and right now it's just a digital single floating free in the world. Uh, it's free range. <laughs> free range music, that's good. It's, it's a free range song. <laughs> Do you have other tunes that you think of as your most um, activist material that you like to keep in the mix? Um, well, I have a song called If You Teach a Bird to Sing, um, which um, has gotten a lot of people connected because it's fairly universal it's really a song about showing up for your own power and learning how to look out for yourself when it feels like people aren't looking out for you and in a way I feel like that's important it gives people hope but I don't consider it to be super political because it's you know it's an empowerment song I think that um, there's a song I wrote called don't give in and that's just obnoxiously political that song is like Rory has opinions everybody (laughs) um and it really is. It's just, um, it's kind of like a list of like, here's what I'm not here for anymore. You know, I'm not here for the beauty industry making me feel ugly. I'm not here for, um, you know, big pharma and big business healthcare, um, you know, making a profit off of me instead of being, you know, something that's kind of a recognized right that people need to have. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's really about not giving in and that type of connection. And that's, that's, I always try to, as much as I can, put a hopeful message in. Not that I'm always feeling like so optimistic, but I think we need it. I think we need to give each other hope as much as we can. Mm-hmm. I agree, actually. And, and a lot of the music that I really love is moving in some way, and it might not necessarily be political at all. You know, it's something mm-hmm. that and it, it motivates me to act or to feel strong enough to 
go out and be myself in the world, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I love that, you know. I love the the song. If I if I teach a bird to sing, actually, I remember that song. I've heard you play that many times, I believe, and um, it is a good tune. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so I definitely resonate with that. And how do you feel about this in terms of like the, an artist's job? Do you feel like it's our job as singer songwriters to be outspoken about political things or about the, just things in the world? Or what, um, what do you say to performers that don't really feel drawn to that kind of message? I think, um, I mean, I think we all, you know, we all get to define ourselves kind of how we get to. But I do feel like as, as artists, as performers, I think it's our job to do more than just show up and entertain. You know, I think that there's a place for that, and it's a beautiful gift to bring, you know, bring people entertainment, bring a smile to people's faces. Like, there's not enough joy in the world. We could all use a little more. But I think it really, like, we have a platform. You know, we have an opportunity. We get in front of people, even people who are not, you know, like, I'm not special or famous, but I'm in front of a mic five or six nights a week. And mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's worth it, especially those of us who, you know, feel deeply and strongly about, um, you know, what's going on in the world to use that platform. And it doesn't mean we have to yell at people. You know, it doesn't mean we have to, like, have, like, angry Facebook tirade type communication mm-hmm. with our audience. That doesn't work out so well. No, it doesn't. Um, although it is a great way to weed some people <laughs> out of your life. Um, but yeah, I think I think we we do. I think we owe it to. For me, I feel like I owe it to myself, you know, and people around me, to just be using the tools that we have to make a positive change and to spark conversation where it's needed most. And I know there are a lot of musicians who are like, "Oh, I don't get political," and. You know, my husband always says, uh, you know, the word politics means of the people. And it's like, if you don't get political, like, well, that's like just, it's the barest essence of like being a person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You probably do get political, but you just don't like the angry Facebook tirade style of, <laughs> of being political, which I get, you know. But I think we need, to, we need to have those conversations and we need to be able to have it in a one-on-one type of way, you know, we get off of the mic and then we go shake people's hands and hang out with them and have a beer with them and stuff like that. And we need to be able to have these conversations and not just be like a talking head, you know, like the media is what it is. We're all surrounded by a lot of digital input. And it's important for it to be a conversation and for, for people to get thinking about it instead of just feeling overwhelmed by the onslaught of it. Right, or just watching the news and getting, you know, outraged. I sort of get a little bit tired yes. of the outrage machine where just, there's just mm-hmm. something new to be like furious about every day. And I don't, I've needed to step out of that, you know, and yes. sometimes it means taking a rest and listening to nothing but, I don't know, mm-hmm. just a, a babbling brook video or something. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, um, but I do seem to come back and want to talk about things specifically in one way or another. If it's not in music, then it's in writing or doing this podcast or something like that. You know, it's kind of why we wound up starting this because um, we are, and the other two co-hosts were just not, you know, we felt like we just weren't doing quite enough and what can we do to um, get more voices out there, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely get it. So 
I wanted to hear a little bit about your spirituality too. I think you were coming out of the broom closet cool. a while back. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally have been. It's been, um, it's been a journey, and it's funny too because I, I feel like this year I've like come out of the closet about a lot of things. Um, you know, we're both in the bi community, and like I did that closet coming out like many, many years ago. But it's funny, it's like been coming back on my radar. <laughs> you know, I'm like, huh, I remember these feelings. Um, but yeah, I. Um, I, a little bit, it was very weird. When I quit my day job, it was very much like coming out of the closet because I'm having these conversations with people like, what do you do? I'm a full-time musician. No, what do you really do? You know, and oh, like, my gosh. I know a, that question. That happened so much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't really work. You just, and then he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And it's like, no, really. No one really. And it's like, oh, my gosh, people. But, um, yeah, it, it, strangely, um, you know, I've had um, – kind of pagan, like loosely pagan spiritual influence kind of throughout my life. My grandmother was very spiritual. She always read tarot cards. She was like very known actually um, around New York City um, mm-hmm. as a reader. And so it, it was cool because I didn't grow up with feeling like it was taboo or creepy or any of these things, you know. And I think right now, you know, we're having this real renaissance of um, people identifying as witches, especially women, um, but people of all genders you know, like kind of turning to a more spiritual and magical side of things. Um, and I think it's very like, it's, it's a way to empower yourselves. I've been reading like a lot of interesting stuff about magic being a source of empowerment for anyone oppressed or any, you know, or any, any group that is not, you know, getting what they need, like throughout history. And that's like really fascinating to see. And I think right now, like, it's a big time for it. And I think, you know, there are some people who are like, oh, it's, so, it's getting so trendy now. And I'm like, well, bring it on. Bring on, yeah. you know, <laughs> bring on the yoga pants and the pumpkin spice latte. I will have a side of pumpkin spice with my witchcraft. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the season for it. You can't escape pumpkin spice, I think. For <laughs> it is. There, is. there is no escaping. The pumpkin spice shall have you. <laughs> But, I, I, you know, I do. It's, and for me, it's been like a journey. I've been on a spiritual journey. I haven't always identified any particular way. Spirituality hasn't always been all that important to me. And then um, my cousin, who used to be the um, co-leader of Go Girls Music with me, Delia, mm-hmm. um, started a little private Facebook group uh, that was just for, you know, kind of exploration of witchy stuff. And we keep it very, very loose. Uh, it's really like, there are people there who are very devout uh, Wiccans or from different pagan traditions. There are people from there who consider themselves atheists who are just interested in the occult. Um, so we're able to have these conversations that are, you know, from very different backgrounds, but we're all pretty respectful. And it's been this great source of learning. And I kind mm-hmm. of identified at the beginning as a very secular person who had just always found this stuff meaningful and then, like, slowly started becoming super spiritual. Like, it almost started to feel a little embarrassing to me <laughs> because I've never been a spiritual person. It's and now, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's interesting. I've, I've had the experience of a particular path just kind of showing up and becoming part of me. And I'm kind of like, how does this happen? This is, this is very odd, you know, <laughs> because it, it, it may yeah. not be what you expect. It may not be the path that you expect, but it kind of... Um, I don't know. We find a resonance that doesn't that you can't really deny, at least in my experience. And it's it's 
So it's a good thing. It is an odd thing, though, as well. You know, I've noticed that. Um, and in yeah. my case, it really merged into my musical work for a while. Do, do you feel that your music is informed by or your, does it empower your work in a specific way or is it just sort of healing all of you in a way? Actually, like all of the above. And I, I love how you blend your, you know, your spirituality and your political beliefs and everything with your music. I feel like it's one big, beautiful, you know, I don't know, beautiful soup pot or something for you <laughs> where you just like <laughs> throw it all in and it turns into something delicious. Um, I'm better at I wish metaphors it felt like that sometimes. From the inside. It's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit I, <laughs> I know what you mean. I think sometimes we come off a certain way, but inside we're like, oh God, I feel like a big old mess. But um, no, I, 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 for me, I love the integrative way you approach your art. Um, and I'm, it's starting to be very integrative for me as well. Um, both in terms of like topics that I'm exploring, because this is what's on my mind, so it's what I'm writing about, and um, and just a different way to kind of approach like my life and my career and stuff like that. You know, I've never been the type of person to kind of like ask for guidance for anyone but myself, and I'm still like my beliefs are kind of I've gotten comfortable not really knowing what my beliefs are at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it's really just I'm like I'm putting it out there. I'm putting out questions. I'm putting out, you know. Like, hey, whoever's listening, <laughs> I would love some <laughs> advice, you know. Yeah. And um, it's been it's been a weird, you know, a, a weird little journey, but it's definitely informed my art. And partly, like, that's why, like, my new album is going to be called Shadow Work. It's um, it's fifty percent more witchy than my previous releases. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great tagline. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it is, you know, that's I'm kind of digging into that stuff that stuff that in the past has made me uncomfortable that I've kind of, you know, just pushed aside. I'm like, nah, it's time. Let's get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That sounds like your theme. You know? <laughs> yes. Rory <laughs> Kelly will make you and herself uncomfortable. Come to her show. <laughs> right. What a great advertisement. People will come running, I'm sure. <laughs> That's funny. So where can, people can mostly uh, see you in and around New York, and is that true, New York City, uh, New York State, where are you playing mostly? And um, just, I Mostly guess, um, New York metro area for sure, um, mm-hmm. and I do get out to the northeast, like, just region a couple times a year. I'll go to Pennsylvania, I'll play in, uh, you know, New Jersey, Connecticut, Vermont, um, you know, kind of do that that big circle or quadrangle or whatever. And, um, and online, you know, I'm always, I'm always online. I have, uh, I have music online. I do online concerts. I, I try to live stream as much as I can, whether it's like Facebook or Periscope or whatever. Like wherever you follow me, there will be some Rory live streaming. I gig a lot, so I try, to, I try to just be present, you know, like be in the online universe as much as I can because I want to connect with people. Great. Well, we'll make sure your links are on our website. And it's been really awesome talking to you. Thank you. It's been so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot to me. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Hey, I'm Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. You can find my music on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. Uh, if you want to 
Look me up on Facebook. I'm there at facebook.com slash Robin Renee Fan. Uh, Twitter is at Spirit Rocks Sexy. You can follow me on Instagram at Robin Renee Music. And I will be performing at Canal Fest, the Delaware and Raritan Canal Festival, on October 13th. And the festival is at 1 Market Street in Somerset, New Jersey. There's going to be music all day long from 11 a.m. till 5. And I will be on the Sunrise solo stage at around 2 o'clock. So check my website for more details. And you can search for this event and RSVP on Facebook. And there's lots more information there. Hope to see you. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color, printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral-bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. Hey, Wendy. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about <laughs> the new Doctor Who? Sure, sure. Um, if you didn't know, if you were like in a coma last week, um, you would have missed the the new Doctor Who season that dropped on Sunday. Uh, there was a, a global broadcast. At least BBC finally got with the program and they show everybody in the world at the same time. I think it, it was like around 1.15 in the afternoon here in new in the new york time zone um and then they did a rebroadcast at eight o'clock uh for the east coast on bbc america um and uh, me and probably all of my friends that watch doctor who watched it on sunday uh and and uh the new doctor is a woman finally um so yay uh, that news broke, I guess, a few months ago, and of course there was the the whole um, the the whole group of people saying, "Oh, this is going to ruin it," and blah blah blah. Oh, ooh, um, I think I yeah, I think she did amazing. Um, I like her a lot. She reminds me uh, she has a lot of the same energy that uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith had when they were playing mm-hmm. the Doctor. And um, yeah, I saw she was a guest on uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and uh, he, he's really into Doctor Who, I think. And uh, she was really very interesting and fun. And they showed they showed a, a, a snip from the show, so I got to see part of it. I don't get BBC America, so so that was all I got to see. And and I said, wow, she's very David Tennant like. Yeah, she is. Which number Doctor are you on? I am clueless about. I mean, I, like I like Doctor Who. I've seen it so intermittently that I I just can't really comment. She's the thirteenth Doctor, Jodie okay. Whittaker. Yeah, I, it's you know, there's there's a lot of people that didn't start even watching the show until nine. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I I think fifty years hasn't it? 
Yeah. Well, the first, I, I'm now on the Wikipedia page. Uh, <laughs> the first doctor, the first air date was uh, the 23rd of November, 1963. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the series has been on for, yeah, for 50, over 50 years. And, um, and it took that long for the doctor to be a woman. My Shakespeare te teacher, uh, Tina, uh, oh, oh. I'm spacing out on her, what her last name is. Uh, never mind. Was she, she was something? Was she a companion? Yes, for a while. Wow. Yeah, when she was, she was very young. Nice. Okay, you don't remember her character name, do you? No, no. It's very hard to find the video. There's snippets on YouTube of the video. Hmm. Oh, no, sorry. No, no. I, I I wish I was more. That's prepared. okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, um, recorded live, folks. That's <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, no worries. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but I would love to see that, Mary. If we, if you can rem remember it and find that snippet, it would be fun. I'd be curious. Yeah. yeah. Be I also wanted to point out that the uh, comic relief parody Doctor Who epi episode. It was a, a about a ten minute thing, um, which. I recommend if no one, if you haven't seen it, to go find it on YouTube. Uh, and I guess we'll put a link on our on our webpage for this episode, um, because Joanna Lumley was also the doctor at the end, <laughs> by the end of that uh, the comic relief thing. And I thought she she did really a great job. Also, um, it start. I think I'm trying to remember who it's, it's, it's a whole lot of very famous English actors and comedians. Uh, Rowan Atkinson was the bad guy. Uh, Jonathan Price, I believe, was the doctor at the beginning of it. Um, and now I can't remember if it was Helena Bonham Carter or um, the the woman from Absolutely Fabulous that kind of looks like her, uh, whose name is escaping me now. Uh, uh, Anna Swalla. One yeah, plays, um, Safi. Saf. She was the companion. She was the companion in this episode, and it's really very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the it was it was uh, it, it played on a lot of the tropes of Doctor Who, um, and that came out, I believe, in the late '80s, perhaps or early '90s. But it's on YouTube, um, and I'm looking forward very much this season um, of Doctor Who. Uh, not only because of Jodie Whittaker, but also because um, what's his name is no longer the showrunner. <laughs> it's the guy who um, who was running it for a few years. Um, he's gone, and I think the stories will get a little better. So, um, if you're a, a Doctor Who person, this is you know you know already about it. And if you're not, I would say check it out. It's it's a fun show. Um, it's not very sciencey, but it's fun, and it's uh, it's a it's it's a good it's a good Sunday night kind of thing to watch, or Saturday whenever they they air it, and uh, and I'm gonna watch them. Uh. Awesome! Thank you. I'm glad to hear about this. Sure. <laughs> Learn about it. <laughs> been listening to the leftscape podcast find us online at leftscape.com on twitter at leftscape and on facebook at leftscape the leftscape the shape of progressive conversation new episodes every wednesday